Welcome to the 48-Hour Art Check podcast. This is a new voice on the podcast. This is uh, this is Josh, uh, and this is the show that Corey Kerr and I uh, basically co-host. And I'm not sure if we go through like a big intro about what the 48-Hour Art Check is about, but needless to say, it's, it's basically we meet up <clears throat> once a week. Um, not once a week, once every 48 hours. And um, we ask ourselves three questions regarding our art. Um, basically, what we got accomplished, uh, what our challenges were when we were trying to accomplish those things for our personal projects and art. And then uh, the, the last thing is usually what we plan to do. And then we have a topic. And so uh, Corey is busy with family right now. And we were fortunate enough to have Scott on. And Scott brought up this great idea for a topic, which I think is um, definitely definitely of interest because it affects, uh, a, like I have to think about this a lot. Um, and I think this might be interesting for listeners and stuff because you're going to get this from two different perspectives. And I think that'll be fascinating too. Um, but, uh, but Scott was kind of curious and wanting to talk about sort of the process of hiring creators and... Um, uh, submitting resumes and reviewing resumes. And so um, basically, uh, I, you know, that, that was, I think, roughly the topic. I might have butchered it. Um, Scott, did I get that about right? Is there something I'm missing? No, yeah. Is this still the intro or are we moving on? I don't oh, well, I think we're moving forward to the topic. Okay. So what is it about this topic, like, that you kind of wanted to address? Um yeah. So, and, and just going back to what you said earlier, what you just said about, you know, it may seem ambitious, but um, I've got, I don't have the day job anymore. So I've got a little more time and that's kind of one of the things, uh, one of the challenges is that um, now I've been sending out, sending out resumes for, um, you know, uh, like full-time positions or whatever. I'm yeah. not sending a whole bunch out because it's kind of like, I'm kind of trying to be a little picky because I do have some freelance work and I've got a little bit of savings. But but if I do see something that's that looks uh, promising, um, then I will send out a resume for that because I'm still not even sure. I mean, you know, I you know, I'd like to continue kind of doing what I am. But um, but it it's also doesn't hurt. I'd like to keep my options open. Yeah. So, um, so if I do get like a call or something, but, uh, so one of the, one of the things that I kind of alluded to earlier, um, there was a, there's a position for a toy company that, that I applied to and I had, um, and said, you know, it said that they, you know, wanted art samples and it said, you know, any application without art, art samples would be ignored. And, you know, I always like to send art samples anyway. Um, so I spent a lot of time picking out, uh, particular samples because I, I, I mean, I've, I've been doing this for a while, so I've got, I've got pretty much everything. It's just finding what folder it's in and putting them yeah. all there to kind of cater that to that specific job. So I put all these together, I put them in a PDF and, um, and that was a big waste of time because when I went to indeed where you, where the, the ad was posted, they don't allow you to attach anything other than a resume. So then I thought, well, I'm going to be smart and I am going to going to combine the PDF of my resume with the art samples. So I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to work around the system. And then, 
So, uh, so I tried that, and of course, it was too. The file was too big. It said it was over five megs. So, um, at that point, I'm just like. But you know, I also in the cover letter, I sent you know, I sent them to stuff on my website because this is a toy company. A lot of the art that I do that's on my website. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's. I think if they go and they look at what I'm doing, because it's, it's in some ways it's similar to what they do. I think they can get an idea. And, and I said, you know, and I basically spelled it out in the in the cover letter that, you know, you know um, I, I'd like to send you some stuff specific to like package design and toys and things like that. Um, unfortunately, you know, uh, Indeed or whatever doesn't allow you to attach anything. Um, yeah. In the meantime, you know, check out my website and I gave a link to, you know, my gallery where I've got sort of my portfolio and also uh, to my online store because they can kind of see how I design my own products. Um, but see, but that's what I wanted to kind of bring up to you. It just seems so bizarre when hiring, there's just some weird things about hiring creatives and just the way, the way we do this, the way with everything is, is online where, you know, you you could be eliminated or you could maybe somebody could might not see your, your work because of some stupid reason, because of the way these forms are put together. And yeah. it's just, I think, I think companies are really doing themselves a disservice because they're that I just don't think it's a good way to hire talent. Yeah. Like a lot of the things, you know, sometimes, you know, it'll ask for like a bachelor's or something. And this is something that's probably set up by somebody in, um, you know, in human resources that doesn't really understand that that doesn't matter. You know, this particular one didn't do that, but I have seen that happen where, you know, cause I, I don't have a batch. I've just got a couple certificates in, in, um, advertising design and advertising production. But I've got, I don't say this because this is another thing that we can talk about, but I've got 25 years of experience. I don't say I have 25 because that people will hold that against me. So right now I've been saying I got 15 years experience and it's the same thing with, you know, it's just weird stuff. Like the other yeah. thing was there was a question, how long have you been using Adobe Creative Suite? Well, Adobe Creative Suite has only been around for so many years. I've been working in, so is that like a trick question or people don't understand? So I tried to say, well, I've been using Adobe Creative Suite for this long, for as long as it's been out. But previous to that, I've been using, you know, Adobe products. But then it's like, you can't put anything other than a number. You know, so it's all these stupid little things. Yeah, are, I guess are made to try to be more efficient for them, but they're really, especially for creatives, because it's just if you can't even show your artwork, especially when they're asking to see the artwork. Yeah, I mean, I assume most people, hopefully, most people have stuff online. But again, what you have online isn't always exactly what you might want to show a particular employer. Yeah. Um, in this particular case, it, I mean, it should be fine because, like I said, you know, my but but I do all kinds of stuff, and I guess I could take that PDF and upload it somewhere, but it shouldn't be that you shouldn't have to go through all those hoops. And I don't even know if when these companies ask for samples because they didn't say please leave a link to your samples, they just said please attach samples. Yeah, there's no way to do that. So it just all these different things. So so with that, I'm curious what your thoughts are that as somebody who hires people as an art yeah. who hires creatives, I mean, do you, do you like that system? Do you think there's a better system? What do you, what do you do? Cause it, I just, I just, this, this so, for hiring people is just ridiculous. 
So, yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, so, okay. There's a couple things uh, like like the company I work for uses ZipRecruiter pretty heavily lately because we've had a lot of luck uh, recruiting with that. But recruiting is really um, kind of a very difficult thing. And one of the things that we've done, like I've done professionally, is sometimes gone to schools and just reached out directly to students as they're you know, coming out. But then you end up with people who are maybe too green to fill positions or, you know, don't have a lot of work experience or whatever, or maybe you just get a bad batch of seniors and, you know, you got to go in the next year or you collect some contacts that maybe would be applicable for other positions and stuff. Um, but it's, but it's a hard thing. And, and one thing to keep in mind is that these companies, um, so there's a couple things like one is, um, there's usually a two prong system with hiring for a department that's specialized. Um, like an art department. So uh, generally, you know, unless it's a company that solely is only art, um, you know, there's going to be HR and then there's going to be the, the person managing the art department. So those are your two prongs basically. And you, you have to kind of cater to both um, to clear HR, like all the technical stuff, the boxes being ticked, all the stuff that's going into that algorithm that's honing out, like who is the candidate that uh, like, you know, indeed or whatever is going to be like, this is a good match for you. Um, that's, that's one of the advantages of those programs is they kind of isolate out who's a bad match. Like, so if somebody lives like 200 miles away, maybe they aren't as good of a match as somebody who lives like, a block away and won't have issues getting to work. Right. Um, so a lot of that stuff that HR is going to consider that an art director is not going to consider at all. Like the first thing I look at is the, the resume and I look for a link to the portfolio. And then frankly, I get really annoyed with the systems because a lot of the times they don't allow live links. And so I have to then retype because I can't cut and paste from these resumes I have to retype these incomprehensible websites that for some reason, a lot of designers have that, that they aren't just doing their name.com. They, they don't have a buzzword like Serpworks, which is really easy to retype. Um, and so it's a pain in the butt to get to their portfolio. And, and frankly, that's one of the first things that will rule somebody out. If I, if it takes me like 30 minutes to get to their portfolio, I'm not going to bear with it. Yeah. Um, because I don't make it easy for the, these people, you know, I mean, yeah, they don't yeah. let you attach. They don't let you attach oh, it's insane. Files, just... But there are things that it does well, which is the algorithm. So what, what I would do um, if I were in the position, like there's a lot I've learned from being in the position of having to hire that makes me think of, of approaches I would take if I were kind of looking. So one is, um, like that toy company that you were just mentioning, um, figure out who their HR is. Like, cause that kind of thing, like um, the legwork that it takes to go from those job search sites to actually looking directly at the company, um, doing a little detective work, which in the age of the internet doesn't, it's not that crazy or hard to do. Um, and finding specific contacts and reaching out directly to them saying, Hey, I, I applied through indeed. I just wanted to follow up and not just that. Like I also wanted to include these samples. I know they mentioned these samples in the list. I couldn't, 
you know, a follow-up goes miles uh, um, for the person. I've actually had times where I wasn't considering a candidate and they were so ambitious with follow-ups with my HR and found my HR and stuff like that, that um, inevitably we're both impressed because it shows the person really wants the job. And when you're hiring, you want, you want to fill that spot. And every hour you have to spend towards recruiting is an hour that now I'm backed up on emails. And now I have to, you know, generally if you're hiring, that means whatever the place is, is understaffed. So they're running around in circles trying to make up for a lost staff member. And then, you know, just taking those little minutes that they have to kind of review portfolios and stuff like that. And then, hope that it's the right match if, if it comes to an interview. So anything you can do to kind of highlight your way from that automated system. Like I've, I've had candidates who sent like follow-up letters, like postcards. Yeah. Um, I've done that before too. Yeah. And, yeah, I, and I researched the I didn't reach out to anyone, but I researched their website, saw what their product line was, catered my cover letter to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, I try to write I mean, a very creative cover letter, something that's just not the standard stuff, because it yeah. is a creative position, and maybe it's over the top, you know, because it is being creative. But if it is, then it's probably not a company that I could fit. I'm going to fit with anyway. So yeah, and I don't, I don't think there is over the top. Like I, th- I think over the top would be like harassing phone calls or something. Right. But but doing, you know, being thorough is not going to look bad to a company that, it, you know. It, like look at any creative job and they're going to say, you know, handles multitasking well, uh, can, can deal with, you know, deadline pressure, has follow-up, has follow-through, has, you know, can, can independently monitor themselves and stuff like that. And like you're, you're sending such a clear message when you go that extra mile with, with uh, um, somebody who's hiring. So that to me would be like, that would be the first, way to kind of get around the automation because the problem is we're in such a data-driven age that um, everyone's looking for jobs on these systems so if you post outside of those systems nobody's going to find your job that's available right so the systems just kind of they are what it i mean they're annoying but they're what's there and so um i would recommend just doing the two-prong thing where you do the system thing I'd even recommend have two resumes. I mean, this is just a tip um, that I would say, like one that's going to look really great to HR that has all the data of your work history and not just your work history in creative, your work history outside of creative, like um, because they want to know that you're not a nightmare to work with. That's the main the main thing people are looking for is like, is this person going to make my job easier or harder (laughs) You know, yeah. are they going to get along yeah. with the team or are they going to be a spoke in the wheel? You know, you send the one to uh, HR. That's kind of just the, you know, <laughs> what I would say, sort of the bland thing with all the info and not as creative. Yeah, it's got all the data. It's got all your contacts, you know, like that's the one you you gear that way. And then you have your designed one, you know, um, and your designed one should just have like art art, 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 and anything related to art on your resume, but just show a lot. Um, So like, so, so, I mean, that's kind of a rough 
thing, but I, but I, but I would recommend don't just take Indeed's word for it. Like when you find something on Indeed, if it's something you like, especially if you're in a position where you can be a little pickier, like target that company, like be like, okay, so toy company is a perfect example. You do your research. That's good. You wrote a cover letter, dude, who knows if that's going to wade through Indeed. Cause like Indeed's got its own algorithm. It's like trying to game YouTube, <laughs> you know, it's right. just its own kind of thing. Um, I would recommend, so you send that and then you also send it to, you know, directly to the HR of that company. Like, Hey, I really want to work here. Here's my cover letter. I, I wanted to make sure this goes through cause I'm really excited about the opportunity and I'm perfect for the job. You yeah. know? Well, the, yeah, the problem is like, I, you know, I don't know that yet. I don't know if I really want to work there from, from, it looks like, like I said, it looks promising, but who knows? I, you know, I don't want to well, come that'll get you to yeah. the interview. And right. then, and then, and that, that's actually a perfect thing that you just said, which is, you know, like in an interview, um, you know, most places are looking to fill the position. So when you're coming in, you're at an advantage when you're coming into a job interview because the person's picked you and they think you're an okay candidate. So it's really yours to lose from like the minute you walk in, um, yeah. Because they're 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 hoping for you to be that person. They're hoping for that job to close so they can get that position filled, and so um, that's a perfect time to like to have that attitude of more like you're interviewing them. Like you're you're seeing is this somewhere I want to work for like five years? Is this somewhere I want to work for a while? Because they're not going to be hiring for you know if if they've gotten the okay to expand their department or to fill or to refill a position, they're probably not looking to hire somebody just for like a week or two, you know? Um, And so, you know, I I think, I think putting in that extra step allows you to have that possibility of getting through that gatekeeper of that system because the system's annoying and um, it's restrictive. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like trying to get a client. Like sometimes the most effective thing to do with a client is just send them an email and just say like, I really want to work for you guys rather than like wait around or like hire a rep or something to contact. Sometimes it's just a direct contact of like, Hey, I really like your company. Let me freelance for you. You know, is there anything you got that I can help with? Cause I'd love to. Um, sometimes that goes a really long way. That's got, um, in, in my past, that got me some pretty big clients, just like a literal cold email. Um, so I would, I would approach it like that with specific businesses, you know, and they don't need to know that they're not like, they're not the end of the earth to you, but if you make it seem like it's a job you really want, um, they're much more prone to reach out to you, you know? Right. Um, cause, cause the thing is that happens all the time. Like the person who takes the extra step and talks to HR and stuff, I see that all the time. And those people move to the top of the list. Almost all of them get at least interviewed, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and other than that, it's like, you know, um, you're, you're, you're going to get that. That'll give people a pause and give them a little more time with your resume. Cause, cause I, like when you're reviewing resumes and websites, it's like, it's a crazy market right now, at least in LA or the LA area where it's like, you know, 
um, a job, like a, a small position will open up and we'll get bombarded with like 60 applications, 70 applications. Um, and so I'm just like zooming through like 10 review, reviewing 10 candidates, you know, and then go through my work day and then take a break, review 10 candidates, you know, it's like viewed in batches. And so it's like, um, just that extra step, um, kind of games the system a little bit in the sense of like, it, 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 it makes, if someone's like me and they're, they're doing a lot of juggling of their own job. And then this new thing of like having to hire, which they don't have to do a lot if they're at a decent business, you know, they're not having a lot of um, turnover, hopefully. Um, Then it's like, you know, it, it, it just, it just, I don't know. I think, I think that's, that's the step I would take. Um, That's, that's actually the step I took with, um, with the position I'm in. Like I saw an art director position I didn't know if I was qualified, but I thought about it and I looked at my own history and I was like, yeah, I could actually, like the more I thought about it, I was like, I kind of, I kind of should get this job. And then I just, I targeted it like hardcore. I sent follow-up letters. I, I found out who the HR was and I sent like follow-ups even after interviews and stuff like that. Like I did the whole thing. And I even Googled like, cause you don't have to invent it whole cloth. You can Google like, a good follow-up letter or a good cover letter use that as like a template modify it a bit but just going that extra step um it, it does help it helped me you know um and i'm sure you're already like this is just more for as a topic because i'm sure scott you're already probably doing a lot of that stuff yeah but uh but it, it to me i think that it's kind of like it's kind of like, like, okay, in comics, there's like the Marvel way of getting into comics, which maybe one or two people every three years will have happen, you know? And then there's the indie side door. And a lot of, a lot of the guys in mainstream comics got in through that side door. Not a lot of people got gigs with the big two from just like standing in line and doing the portfolio review. You know, so yeah. it's like, I think it's very similar with hiring where it's like, you just like, if, if the company's decent, um, putting in that extra, extra bit, will at least get you to the interview stage. And then when you're at the interview stage, you can really suss out, like, is this like, you know, are there like really weird signs of toxicity, you know, in the interview, like, you know, ask a lot of honest questions about the company culture, you know, and, um, and I think other than that, like, I, I don't know. Um, but I, but I definitely don't, I, I agree with you. Like, I don't like <laughs> the system, um, but I feel like it's so embedded. Like, I don't think there is a really good recruiting system. I do, I would say, I don't know what it's like from a user standpoint, but from a hiring standpoint, um, zip recruiter is amazing. So if I were applying for jobs, I'd probably look through them as well. Um, yeah, I've heard of it, but I haven't looked into it because, you know, I've, I haven't really been looking for work or anything like that. So I haven't bothered to look into that. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And, and um, I think it's uh, the, the nice thing about that is it takes into account a lot of things like specifically location. So it's like if you're close, you know, they're going to prioritize you for the employer. Yeah. 
Well, that's a problem for me because I don't live where the jobs are. You know, I live on the outskirts. Same thing with you, though. But that, I guess that didn't seem to not have been a problem for you. But, but what I what I'm getting at by like location is it's like, it, you know, you're not in Phil like you're not in Philadelphia applying for a job in L.A., which I've seen, right. Right. Um, which is like a huge gamble for for the company. Oh, yeah, I've heard so many. I've heard a lot of people. My my um, my girlfriend's sister moved down here from New York for a job and uh, lasted three months. And, you know, <laughs> so like, I'm, yeah, it's, it's, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's a tough one. So I, I would recommend um, trying that. I don't know. But, but the thing is, if, even if you do that, it's very similar to like how monster was back in the day where monster used to be kind of the only thing in town and, and indeed is a huge step up from that. I'll say that, you know, yeah. um, but, I think uh, Indeed's just like sort of like an aggregator thing. I think they just pull jo- all from all the other job sites, or at least that's what they were when they first started. I don't know if that's the same. I suspect they all are because okay. I think ZipRecruiter is the same. I think ZipRecruiter pulls from everything. Yeah. Um, they all kind of do that. It's it's weird. They're all like the Huffington Post job application, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, and it's like, what? Where's the original part yeah. to this whole weird algorithm? <laughs> like, Um, but, but I, but I would definitely say, um, like, you know, like using those as like launching points and then going direct is always the best bet. Um, because once again, like, you know, even if it's zip recruiter, you know, or it's, or it's indeed you're, you're counting on them checking indeed. And if there's one thing somebody checks all the time, it's their actual company email address. Um, that's going to be checked way more often at a business than like an offsite recruiting thing. Right. Right. Um, right. And so cut through the noise and, and submit it direct. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe find, I mean, hell, if you're, if you're smart about it, find the HR and the art director, mail them both like CC the art director and send it to the HR. So you're even, at the get-go, you're saying, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I get business. I get how it works. Like I'm emailing the director and I'm emailing, you know, the HR. Cause I know you guys are going to be the people who hire me, you know? Yeah. Um, I would, I would totally do that. Um, but it's a weird, I mean, I hope that's helpful, but it's, it's a weird standpoint to be in, I think on either end, because it's, it's very frustrating for both. I think businesses are really seeking to fill those holes and, you know, there's people out there who are seeking to get business and get, get work. And they're both looking for people that'll enjoy it. Like the, the worker is looking for a place they're going to enjoy working at the employers looking for an employee who's going to enjoy working with them. And it's like just this, there's these miles of distance between the two and it can be very frustrating. Yeah. Um, I, I just I think I just think that the the way that it's set up, it's I think companies are maybe missing out on on some really good candidates because of this way this thing is set up. Because especially for art, because yeah. it's such a visual thing, and when you're scanning for buzzwords and keywords and not artwork, and they don't give you a chance to attach your artwork, I just think I think it's a I just think there's got to be a better way for <coughs> maybe you know. Whereas, I mean, I know what you're saying and a lot of those things I will do. And like I said, I try to find ways to 
to work around the system and everything. But, but it's not, very inefficient. Not everyone's going to do that. And I think as a company, I think you, yeah, I think it's very possible that you could really miss out on on some some really great talent just because it maybe you don't have the right you know. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I think that um, on that note, like there's a couple other things, which is like that that old sage advice of like the easiest way to get a job is to know someone. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I always that's that's my main thing. And I don't I usually don't apply a lot through these things because it's there's just so many there's so many people applying and because of all this, the way it's structured, it's just a bad way to, to look for a job. But so I, I, I gotten jobs for, I even got a decent job, believe it or not, through uh, like Craigslist once. And that's, yeah. that's very rare. You know, most of that stuff is pretty horrible, but. Um, Craigslist isn't bad though. I mean, like that's the, th that's the thing about the hunt is you just kind of have to look everywhere. Yeah. And, um, and what's weird is like, you know, we've, we used to do Craigslist because for a long time, if you put it up on like Indeed, you get like two applications, but if you put it on Craigslist, like every local artist would apply. Um, and, and so, you know, like now we're using ZipRecruiter, which, which is really efficient. It kind of pulls, I think everything. And then I think it's nice for can people who are hunting too. I'm not doing an ad for them or anything, although we should look into it because, they sponsor a lot of podcasts and stuff, but, um, but yeah, I think with ZipRecruiter, it, it, it also, I think emails, um, people who've applied and stuff. So jobs just kind of come to you. And then, you know, when you, when you're a good candidate or a good match for a place, they email the person. So it like, it does cut out a little bit of that. So it, like, if you do get through the algorithm, at least there's a bit of a reward because that email ends up in my inbox or in my HR's inbox. So it's like, it's a weird thing. It, it is an imperfect system. I would like more of like a networking world. Like I wish LinkedIn were actually more useful. Like I have a LinkedIn and I, and I still to this day don't know why I have a LinkedIn because everyone I know has a LinkedIn, but have, have we ever gotten work from LinkedIn? Like, has it ever, uh, I know they have like a job section of their site yeah, too, yeah. but, but I, but I haven't met anyone who's gotten work from LinkedIn. Really? And that's bizarre because LinkedIn seems like that would be a better system because you can put all that stuff on, you know, on your LinkedIn profile, you can put all your portfolio stuff, you can do all that. I mean, you can do that in other ways too, but, yeah. but you know, all that information is there and you have all these contacts. So, I mean, I would think that would be the first place to go because if you have a network, um, it would be real easy to say, you know, put a thing out there on there and you already got this network and then they've got their extended network and everything like that. So it seems like, Seems like it that. does seem ingrained in it, but I just yeah. haven't met a lot of people who've gotten work from it. Yeah. But what I will say is it's great for from like an HR or a recruiting standpoint, because if if someone applies and you're kind of curious, you can look at their LinkedIn and go, oh, OK, they have like a lot of good, you know, people speaking about them and stuff, you know, or like if they're making crazy claims on their resume, like I have, you know, 10 billion people following me online or something, you can look on their LinkedIn and if they have like one contact, maybe that claim doesn't hold up, you know? Um, but it's, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird game of cat and mouse. And I do wish there were like a way 
to make it better. I wish there were a way to interview better, honestly. That's a very frustrating experience interviewing people because you know, like from the standpoint of like being the interviewer, you know, like a lot of what they're going to say is BS to just get the job. Right. right. And so like half of what you're trying to do <clears throat> is just cut through it because you're like, look, you're doing yourself no favors by BSing because if you don't like it here, you're not going to last. And then that hurts us and it hurts you. It's like, just be really clear and straightforward. And so you'll have that on one end and then you'll have people who are so unaware of social normalities that they're like super honest, like too honest. And you're like, and, and then of course that's a red flag to anybody who wants to hire because that means they'll be the guy saying really inappropriate stuff in front of the crew. And you're like going to have HR trouble from that. So it's like, it's this weird balance of like, you want somebody who's uh, emotionally intelligent enough to kind of, you know, be wise with their words. But at the same time, you don't want somebody who's just going to give you candid answers, <clears throat> you know, canned answers, like, you know, um, like, like, I don't know, like some of the common questions you'll ask in an interview, you really want an honest answer to like, uh, what's the time where you've, uh, you know, had, had a personality fault and had to grow from it? Like, what was that like? And what did you learn from it? And usually it's like, people are like, my personality flaws, I work too hard. And you're right. like, no, don't give me that. <laughs> like, give me, yeah. give me the real thing. Cause that's right. what we're looking for. Not the, like, you know, Oh, I got this problem well, of just problem doing is, way too well at my job. Yeah. The problem is I, I, I agree with your advice, but the problem is if you go in online, like interviewing tips, almost nine out of 10 are going to say, Oh, turn it into a positive. So oh, yeah. The, yeah. The, the advice that's being given to people is, is just that like, Oh, you know, if, you know, what's your, what's your, your, uh, your biggest, uh, 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 you know, which your biggest weakness? Oh, I, I I'm a workaholic. I work too hard. Or, you know, yeah, yeah. Which is funny because, like, for guys like you and I, that's super honest. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably a real flaw. Like, yeah. um, like I can't stop drawing. I yeah. get home and I draw. It's kind of yeah. a problem. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's it's a weird thing because. On the same note, you also want people to play the game a bit, too. You don't want people to be total. Like I said, it, you know, if somebody comes in and is super honest, it might come across as really negative. And then that's a thing that you don't want to do in it, you know, in, in, when looking for a job. You don't want to come across as negative because then it's like, you know, you might be the person who, like, everybody's pumped and they're and they're productive. And then there's this guy who's like, this sucks. And everybody goes like, down, you know? Well, um, the other thing I wonder about is like if it's if how how confident is too confident like without seeming like you're bragging or you're overdoing it because I mean I could see a lot of you know there's been jobs where I went into where I really think that you know I I think there's a potential there but it's like yeah I mean you don't want to come out and say like I mean what you're doing right now it's like yeah I could do way much way better than what you're doing but you don't want to say that so so how do you come off as confident how do you you know and for me it's just like I really think I can bring a lot of value to the table um uh I you know and basically just tell you what I what I just said where um I think you're definitely you know 
moving in the right direction, but I think I can really get you to where you want to be, you know, that type of thing. Uh, but, I think the the one thing, yeah, the one thing to keep in mind when you're in a job interview is everything you're seeing there that's by the business that you might be like, oh, this is crap, this is terrible, I can do twenty times better. Maybe it was made in five minutes. You know, right. you have no idea how much time that team had on the brief. Right. Right. So being aware of that before going in will help you like avoid that moment of like which we've all had. I've had that at job interviews where like an art director is like, Oh, they give me that look. And I'm like, Oh, it's done. Like, and, and you know, that look in an interview where you're just like, they've just, it literally just a wall went up and right. a lot. And I've had that happen a few times because I was very critical of the art right. being on the other side. I kind of get it because there will be somebody who's like straight out of school and they'll be all cocky about like, well, the kerning's off on this thing. And I'm like, yeah. And we had five minutes to do it. So let's see what you can do in five minutes, you know? Um, So it's one of those things of like that. The other thing that that's hard is I'm not like all art directors. So like for me um, in in some recent hiring, I I had uh, somebody say something and then they looked at me and were like, I'm not going to come after your job or anything, dude. And I was like, no, I want you to come after my job. Like I want people who are going to like actually be better than me. Like that's my goal. That's my literal goal is like to have people who are like a billion times better than me. And hell, if they don't take my seat, they take somebody else's seat somewhere else. But like to grow artists, like that's all I want to see is like good art. People who are like ambitious, want to get up there. And I don't, I don't feel threatened by that, yeah. but, but there are some guys who super feel threatened by that. Yeah. So. I worry about that too. Cause uh, you know, like yeah. that I, that I applied to, like, I mean, I mean, I'll just say it right here. I'm sure no one's going to see it, but um, I mean, my stuff's way better than what they're putting out. I mean, it just did it. I mean, without trying to brag too much, but you know, but. Oh yeah. yeah. So, I mean, hopefully they can, you know, someone well, can see that you know but so so that's the thing is like dude you have like mad skills so it's just it literally is about getting through the red tape of that nonsense um because like the second somebody sees your portfolio and sees the quality of your work you know and you know like you're also emotionally intelligent so it's not like you're going to go in an interview and and be like so cocky you know that like that's the thing. Like you've worked in office environments before. I like the last time I was doing interviews, I had for like 15 years. So I came across wrong in a lot of interviews. Um, you know, like I, I was applying for like a t-shirt company that a friend of mine worked at. And, uh, and I was like super critical of a really big t-shirt company because they were like, well, what do you think happened with that shirt company? You know? And now in retrospect, thinking back on that, I'm like, everything I said, during that interview was saying, when I get in here, I'm going to be super critical of your company. I'm going to pick it apart. I'm going to be, I'm going to be completely not understanding of the market and and the realities of the market. And I'm just going to be a pain in the butt to you, Mr. Art Director. And I I didn't see that at the time. I was just giving honest answers because I'm more like, I'd say of the like flaws in interviews, I've always been the guy who like says too much. Right. Um, and so like, I had to really learn how to kind of modify that. I'll have to learn it again if I'm ever in that position again, which, which is likely, you know, in the creative field. 
Um, but it's interesting having been on the other side where I realized like the, the real thing that at least that I look for. And I think most people are looking for is somebody who wants the job, who's going to work really hard at the job, who's going to be able to get along with other people at the job. Who's not like, you know, going to be a jerk to, to everybody on the team. Um, and that's basically it. And, and so the, the, the first part is wanting the job and having the talent. And so the, I mean, like literally going those extra steps will go that extra mile. Cause like, like I said, that if you rely on the algorithm, it, it could work, but it's like, it feels like such slim chances. And I don't think you'll get responses as quick as, as you know, as you do. Um, and, but, but to me, it's like, I, I think if you're a seasoned professional and like you, uh, you know, are available and stuff, it, it is a shame that like there's this algorithm because, you know, it's easy to get lost. Yeah. And then just filling out that nonsense. Like I, I hate the whole resume system. I feel like, you know, the whole thing is kind of ridiculous Yeah. <clears throat> because you know, like I've had so much experience and stuff, but like if I ever wanted to apply for something now, it's like now I got to come up with like all the verbiage for what an art director does and what like the billions of projects I've I've overseen in the four or five years that I've been doing this. You know, it's like that is not easy to do. And then you worry if you use the wrong word, you're like uh, under explaining something that you've to you totally are qualified for. So it's it's a really weird thing. And then when you add an algorithm to that, where it's like, like you were describing perfectly with the, the um, Adobe thing, where it's like, you've been using Adobe since it started, you know? Um, I don't know. Anyhow, it's, it's interesting, man. But, but I, but I do think, I do think the way around it is kind of like the, the way around, vi you know, viral marketing where you're, it's like there's so many people hitting certain things that people are forgetting the old school things like the handshake, you know, yeah. it's like that hasn't gone away. Like the interpersonal stuff hasn't gone away. So like the, the reaching out directly to the company is like, it's, it's like bypassing this system of like cold nonsense that everybody hates. Like everybody involved hates it. Like HR hates it, but it's kind of a necessity because they're having to manage the hiring, you know, for like multiple departments, half of the departments, they don't even understand what they do, but they, they're trying to, you know? And um, <clears throat> so they use these systems that kind of make it easier for them, but they hate it. Um, I hate it. Like directors hate it, but it's like kind of the only game in town. So if you can bypass that game and just get direct, um, it's like a breath of fresh air for, I think, the employer because you, you've actually found a way around it, which is just the old hat way. You saw an ad in a newspaper and you contact the company, you know? Yeah. Um, it is a shame, though, because I do feel like back in the day with like with newspaper ads or like, <clears throat> you know, job advertisements that you could actually physically have, I think there was more. And, and maybe this is just me getting old, but I. <laughs> But I do feel like there was more, um, it, there was a more honest kind of system, you know? I don't know. 
And so yeah. I do agree. I think people get lost in the shuffle. So I, I, the only thing I can think around it is that direct interaction thing. Um, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I think that's all, that's all good stuff. Yeah. So, um, and you know, just the fact that, uh, just the fact that I, like I said, that there wasn't a way to attach, um, some samples that were spe specifically, you know, kind of catered to, to their business. Um, yeah. that's, that's a, probably a good excuse to reach out to them and say, Hey, I, I sent you a resume, but I wanted to send you this again. I just wanted to contact you because just the way this is set up, there wasn't a way to, um, you know, give you what you asked for. You asked for some, some, some samples. So, you know, yeah, like I, I said, I did give them links. So, I mean, I'm not, that, but you know, yeah, and a, a little behind the curtain thing, I can't get too into it, but I'll say right. that, like, behind the curtain thing is like anytime you directly reach out to an HR, usually there will be an email from that HR to the manager that's hiring, like saying this person followed up. Isn't that amazing? Like, cause right. that doesn't, it, it happens like sm in small enough increments where you'll stand out. From yeah. Doing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the other thing is, if they're asking for attachments that the system can't even do, chances are they didn't post the original to Indeed. Right. Chances are that's. I thought about that too, but yeah, that's why I mentioned that's why I mentioned Indeed so they know kind of where I'm coming from because it could be from somewhere else. I, who knows? Yeah. yeah, it's like the HuffPo thing. Who knows where the original article came from? It right. just ended up here because the algorithm, and. Um, that to me is like a good clue to like totally directly reach out because yeah, it's like, it's on the, it's in the ad asking yeah. you to do something you can't do in the system you're accessing it with. Right. Um, anyhow. So it, it's weird stuff. It's fascinating to me. Um, and it doesn't make sense to me, like the whole <laughs> system. I wish there yeah, were it's frustrating. It's way. frustrating, but yeah. I mean, yeah. Because I, I will say, like, from, from the standpoint of somebody who's had to do the hiring and stuff, it's not fun on that end either. You really do not want to wade through all, like, you just want good candidates. And it's you're just trying to find ways to get to those good candidates. Yeah. Um, and and I don't, like I said, I don't send a lot of things through these job sites. It's for me, it's, it's, I, what I'm, I try to do more networking in person. Like I just went to the AIGA meeting yeah. thing, trying to meet people there, you know, yeah. let, you know, that kind of thing, go to diff, different, you know, they put up on a bunch of different networking things. So, you know, that kind of stuff, getting, getting out there and, and meeting people. And, and so when something comes up, you know, I've got tons of things where, oh, I just heard about this or, or a friend of mine is looking for this. And that that seems a better way in. But, you know, if I see something that looks like it might might have some potential, then I'll file through like one of these websites. But, you know, yeah. I and I mean, like I said, the direct contact thing can work, but it can only work so well. Like with you, it'll work because you're good. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I've had, you know, recommendations before where you're just like you want to you want to like them because it's coming from your staff and you're like you want to <clears throat> you know build that staff up too by being like yeah we hired one of your guys you know but sometimes it's like this terrible portfolio and you're like well it you know <laughs> it's yeah it's no, not yeah. so it it really depends but i think in your case because you're good um that's never going to be a problem um to like the networking thing but at the same time waiting around for that because like once again some of those opportunities like i man you know it, i have so many friends 
all over you know the country and stuff that I would have loved to hire when we had an open position. But it's like I don't have all of those people living in commutable right. distance from my right. work where it would be like, ah, oh, that fits perfectly. Yeah. Um, I wish I did because like I love hiring friends, like especially yeah. especially friends that you know, like um, you know, are reliable. You know, they're good to their word. And it's like that kind of person, like that's irreplaceable. So, so those yeah. connections, I mean, people are always more prone to, to hire somebody they like um, because then your day's better. Like, cause you're going to show up to this job. Oh yeah. You know? And even, even a lot of times more than maybe even the skill level, you know, sometimes if it's, if they're confident, but they're maybe they're not stellar, but they but people like them. They, they could probably get the job over somebody who's maybe not as, you know, yeah. easy to work with, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's one of those things of like, um, like the direct connections never bad. If you can't get the direct connection, do the next best thing, get the direct connection to the company. Right. The people in charge of hiring, you know, and you know, like that, that once again, that all that shows a company, it doesn't look, creepy or anything it just shows a company that you were ambitious enough to go outside of the fold and look for data on the company like you're actually doing your research which like once again to like to an art director what's that going to say it's going to say if i assign a task to this person they're going to go the extra mile on that job and that's what you want when you're hiring people you want people you can like delegate a task to and they'll just go way beyond it um and so like that, that literally, that's, that's like the best foot forward. I think anybody can do is just do that extra mile. Um, and worst case scenario, like with the whole thing, it is a waiting game too, where it's just like, you just keep putting stuff out there. Yeah. Um, the, the worst mistake is to stop, you know? Right. Um, but the, but that going the extra mile, once again, there's a million people. I'm, I'm going to use this toy company as an example, but Think about the amount of people who are just pushing send on Indeed of a preset resume. Maybe they customize the cover letter for it, and then they're just waiting, right? right. The amount of people who are doing that, as a, and they're on to the next job thing that they're pushing send, customized cover letter, right? The, the person who goes that extra bit goes to website, researches, oh, this is the HR there's a trick to it too. I went on it. I, I kind of don't want to get too into it, but I, but I think this is good. It's like, <clears throat> this was a BIPT trick um, back in the day that I used to use all the time when I was hunting for clients. Cause when you're freelance, it's like you have your base clients, but sometimes they fall apart. Um, and sometimes you just have dry periods and you're just hunting for work. Yeah. And so one of my favorite things to do when hunting and it always baffled me when people would be like, well, I want to work for this company, but I can't figure out who the art director is, you know? Well, like, so, so like, or, or they'd be like, I know who the art director is, but I can't figure out their email. Every company has the same naming system yeah. for their yeah. emails. So all you need is an email of anybody at that right. company. Yeah. It's their first initial and the last name at whatever website.com. Chances are it's going to be the first initial and the last name at that company.com for the person you're looking for, you know, and yeah. just try a couple variations. If you're not sure one will get through, yeah. you know, um, 
it's 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 one of those things of like that's how that's how I used to get to art directors and and clients that I could never reach because they weren't listed. You just go to their site and be like, oh, here here's their contact info. I figured it out. Um, and even in those cases, I rarely got an email that was like, please don't send me query letters for work, you know, because there were enough people who were clever enough to figure it out to where it was pretty, you know, it was normal enough where people were like, oh, this guy's looking for work. I guess, you know, maybe I'll hire him if, if it's a match, you know? Yeah. So, so I'd say the same with this. It's like, you know, um, like hunt around, see if you can find the art director's stuff, send him an email, you know? Yeah. Anyhow, rambling. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> No, that's, I think that's good. I think hopefully that'll be, I think it's good to get both kind of sides of it. And I think that it's going to be helpful for a lot of people watching too, whether whatever position you're in, whether in your hiring position or somebody's looking to be hired. Well, and, and also just keep in mind, there's nobody who's hired, who, who's hiring, who hasn't gone through it, Yeah, you know? And so there's that too, to keep in mind, like people get, you know, I think people on, on both sides of the aisle understand the other people, you know? Um, and so it's like, there's that too. Like if you approach it from the standpoint of like, dude, these people know what it's like, then like, you'd know, like, let's say, you know, backtrack like a month ago, you're working in house. Um, if you were in a management position and you got like a query email and you had an open position, would you think that was that weird? you know yeah so like why would they you know yeah it's just you know um i don't know i i do think that's a huge thing um scott i think you get this but i think especially for people who are just starting out like especially like reaching out to clients or whatever there's always this kind of like mystifying of this process and and a big thing that helps is just to demystify it and realize these are human beings like like these giant industries like Scholastic, you know, is run by human beings, you know. Um, and so it's like when you, you know, when when young illustrators are like hesitating on like sending out that query to that client they want. It's like, why? They're human beings. They're it, it, these are not giants, you know. Um, and it's the same with same with companies or whatever. So, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing though. And I can definitely say design your letter, your, your letterhead. Well, you know, um, design your resume. Well, um, if, if, you know, attention to detail is huge. Yeah. Um, and like I said, uh, like Scott, you have a giant advantage just in the sense that it, it would take me two seconds to figure out how to get to your site. Um, right. that's a huge right. one for anybody listening if you do not have an easily typable website, um, buy a new domain, like, yeah. especially if you're hunting for full-time so, work. So this is, a, I don't, I'm afraid to mention this because hopefully we won't go into weeds on this, but if you can give just a quick answer to this, because like we've probably been going for a while, but so um, before I didn't know what to do because I've got my own business and everything. And then, so I, there was one point where I set up a whole separate site. It was just Scott Circlin you know, illustrator or something. Um, but now I'm at the point where, you know, I mean, I'm all over online and everything. I'm just going to send people to my website. They're going to see that I have a company and what I do. And hopefully that's impressive to people, but I don't know. What do you think? I mean, are, 
I think I know what your answer is going to be, but I'm just curious what other people might, are they going to look at that like, well, this guy's got his own company. Why does he want to work for us? And, and why is he showing us his company instead of, you know, something a little more generic, I guess that isn't, you know, I don't know. What do you understand my question? And yeah, I have a yeah. split. I have a split answer to that. Okay. Cause I had a, a really recent experience that, that changed my perspective on this. So it's not a, it would have been a black and white answer before. Right. Okay. Um, as long as your company isn't direct, a direct competitor. Right. Yeah. That to, makes sense. Yeah. So meaning like if you're playing to like a toy company, I wouldn't worry about it. You know, yeah. um, if you were applying for like a slime manufacturer and you're selling slime, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if it's a company thing, that happens to sell some slime. Yeah. This company does just have novelties and I sell novelties, yeah. but but it's to me, it's very different, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they're, they, no. I, it looks like they're probably a manufacturer and everything. I'm not. I mean, I'm like a small little, you know. <laughs> even though my my website looks like I'm, a, you know, compared to the to their website, my website looks a lot more professional. But I can tell by the products that they have and stuff that that's just a design issue and not necessarily that they're obviously yeah. probably a larger company. So one hundred percent. But I did have a an interview with a candidate who was incredible. And they um, were just straight up open about the fact that they wanted to build a, a company like ours. Oh, and okay. they were already selling products like ours. And, uh, and they were saying basically that their goal was to kind of grow that company to where it was, you know, a, a heavy hitter. Right. And it was this weird position of like, from my standpoint, um, as as the person hiring, it's like, so I'm going to train you, connect you to all of our connections, all of our factories, all of the people we've built up for 30 plus years, you know? Right. And I'm just going to give you all that data when you're being very blunt and open about the fact that you want to be a competitor. No. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. no. And, and, and on multiple counts, because number one, like, why would you say that in an interview? <laughs> like, yeah. That's, that's one of those things of the emotional intelligence. Yeah. So, but I, but once again, I think your site is varied enough to where I don't think that would be an issue. I've only seen it be an issue once. And it was in that case. I've, I've had people who've made products we make and have, have been hired, um, it's just a matter of kind of like how big that goes, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't think you're going to give, a, give the impression of like, you know, I, I, you know, eventually, you know, my goal is to be one of your competitors. I don't, I don't think you're going to give that impression. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so well, so like, I, I should... wouldn't worry about it basically. Yeah. I'm curious if I should just send you my one of my cover letters and get your opinion on it and see what you think um, the, the the approach I'm taking because it's kind of it's it's a very it's I think it's a very unique approach so and it ties in with my brand and and how I can help them and stuff like that but um, but it's definitely it's definitely more of a creative approach to you know a cover letter so I think um, it's a good way to yeah. go I'd like to see it yeah um, I I think. I think it, I think like, you know, that most of the stuff I would say you probably already know for, for people who haven't done it. Um, you know, what Scott's talking about, like, 
including a cover letter is huge. There are so many people who send in blind resumes without cover letters. Really? Wow. Those those crazy. do get disregarded because yeah. once again, well, they it's should, about, like, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, because it's about care and right. effort. Like you you don't want we've all been out of work, so it's like we all understand that you're probably it's probably not your sole company that you're applying to or whatever. But putting in that extra effort to like figure out a little bit about the company, not you don't have to know everything, but just having done some due diligence, including a cover letter, doing follow ups is huge. Like once you've sent in a resume, that's not the period in the end of the sentence. Definitely follow up because like once again, that follow up will only show that employer or potential employer that you actually care, like you care and you're thorough and you follow up. And it speaks on multiple levels because when you're working professionally, people want to see follow-up. Like, you know, they don't like to see like, here, the ball's in your court, goodbye, you know? Right. But if, if you show follow-up and follow through, it's like, that's, that's going to speak volumes. Um, you know, after, after an interview, doing a follow-up letter, um, you know, and the little trick I, I've, I, I haven't seen often, but I think people should implement it's on most job sites and stuff. I'm sure Scott, you've probably implemented it a lot more because frankly, you're way more seasoned at it than I am. Um, uh, because you've just been, you've been at art longer than I have. Um, but for me, this was like a revelation was like the idea of the follow-up interview where you actually get to answer, um, you know, more things like questions maybe you wish were brought up in the interview or those little points that you feel like, ah, oh, I kind of missed that in the interview. Yeah. Yeah. You, your follow-ups, the chance to do that where you're like, here's why I'm the perfect candidate, like recapping what we talked about. This is why I think I'd be perfect for the place, you know, and you bullet point everything, including things maybe you missed. Um, like doing little things like that, um, it, it's not like a, you know, none of it's a surefire thing, but it's definitely like um, it, it leaves an impression and it definitely, I, I think, will will help. Like, you know, and it helps people, I think, when they're in that spot, too, to feel more empowered because you have more control over it than I think people realize. Like you have a lot more control over it. Um, but once again, it's time, it's resources, it's, it's a it's a weird, precarious situation, you know. Yeah, that that uh, the other is talking about follow ups. That uh, sending a, like a handwritten letter, and I do that with my postcards because I got my own postcard. And the the last job I had when I went back after that for that second interview, um, the the president of the company had the postcard on his bulletin board that I sent. So <laughs> that's a good sign, you know. But yeah, oh. so I would definitely recommend doing that. Postcards are huge. Um, barely anyone sends postcards, so even if I get a postcard from a freelancer. Um, I sometimes get them from like photographers, even though we don't hire photographers for freelance, yeah. but I'll still tack them up because it's inspiring. Yeah. Um, but I, I will say like that, that like physical printed stuff, it's you've, I, I feel like we're, we've never been in a better uh, situation to where that can actually leave an impact because yeah. no one sends postcards anymore. Right. And that is huge because if no one's doing it, we all still have mailing addresses you know, it's, it's a huge way to leave like uh, an impact for sure. Um, yeah. And like I said, even follow up postcards when you're like applying for something, I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I I've let Corey know I'm gonna try doing it on on Facebook as well. All right. Because we're in this weird situation where Corey is here. Um, he's just hiding in the background. Yeah. So if anyone watching, I guess what we're, we're, we're talking about is that Corey has to, since it's on his, he's doing the stream, we have to email, we have to send him a message to tell him that we're done. So I don't know if that, I don't know if we need to like, if he's just going to cut it off, he's just going to cut off or if we have to, if there's anything we have to wrap up before we do that or, and, or if we do that, or are we just going to sit and wait until he does cut the stream off? I don't know. <laughs> well, I definitely think we should continue it until he gets back. So yeah, yeah. he's back. That was right. okay. We were right. just talking about the Corey. Um, <laughs> the Corey, I've gained a title. The Corey. Um, so Corey, welcome back. Thank you. Um, we've exhausted the topic i think but i think we've come to basically i i do want to hear your quick like quick thoughts on it um basically scott was talking about the uh automated kind of applying for job systems and kind of how how frustrating the whole system is and i was kind of explaining from the employer's perspective it's very similar um and i was giving the recommendation of kind of just going the extra mile when you're applying for jobs of actually doing the research of the company and sending the HR as well as the manager of that department um, direct contact and then even going further and doing like direct mailers, anything you can do to kind of stand out from that like automated system. That was kind of my, my advice. And, um, and then, you know, uh, aside from the, like the, the, the normal advice, which is like do the cover letter and all of that stuff. Um, do you have anything you wanted to, to add to that before we close out? Yeah, I have two things. One, automated systems are the worst. That <laughs> is that is literally uh, it, okay, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing with automated systems. It is it is proof to me that the entire economy worldwide is built to turn people into robots. And when you treat people like robots and you spend most of your time proving that you're not a robot to robots, it's a huge, weird system that we all kind of like have agreed to live in. But the fact of the matter is it's even worse for creatives because you're trying to boil everything down to something that an algorithm will understand. But the fact is that I'm, I want to hire you because of what you can do that's different than the robot that I could hire or the program that I could program to do something simple or whatever, and yet I'm using a system that only measures things that have literally nothing to do with the fact that you're a human being with a brain and that you can think. And so it's the most counterintuitive piece of garbage system that has ever been introduced. And I think it probably works really well for things like finance. Or something. Yep. I don't know. Something that I don't understand. Something that involves numbers, but not like whatever. And so then the other thing that drives me nuts about the automated system is the automated system is going off of people's best guess, but without thinking. So they go in and they go, okay, what are the types of things that I want to put in here? And they put that in there, but because there's no interaction and there's no back and forth with another human being, like, Josh, if I was looking at your resume, I would see things that maybe 
are words that I didn't think of, but then when I saw them as a person, I would understand what you're saying and know whether or not I wanted to talk to you. But if I yeah. tell the computer program, look for these 17 different things, and you used some synonym for one of those 17 different things, uh, or, or a colloquialism or a phrase or something that wasn't in my initial just random thought, it's just, just, it's just a ridiculous thing. And then on top of that, I don't actually care what people's resumes say at all. I care about two things. Can you do it and are you good to work with? And there's nothing yeah. that a computer can figure out that will tell me whether that person is going to be a personality fit for the mood of my team because those are two things that computers don't understand. So that's, yeah, exactly. that's, that's point number one. Um, point number two is uh, the entire worldwide economy is not built for creatives. It is built for industrial revolution type of manufacturing that doesn't exist anymore and we haven't adapted since then. I mean, even intellectual property and copyright are still based around laws that existed before the internet was a thing. And so yep. like the entire economy is like fighting against the thing that fuels the economy. There was a survey done, I believe in 2012, of Fortune 500 company CEOs and they asked him what is the number one thing that you need to worry about in the future and they said change constant change and they said what is the number one quality of of, peop of of your new employees that you need what are you looking for and they said creativity and then the answer to constant change <laughs> and creativity is to automate a robot that goes through all of the applications and sifts people out based on random algorithm the whole yeah. thing sucks. That's what I have to say yeah. about it. No, that is, that is exactly what I was trying to say, but Corey said it way, way too much. <laughs> I could not figure out how to, how to say it, but that's exactly what I was trying to say. Oh, yeah, and I, so I, mad. <laughs> I agree. I, and, and my point um, that, that I, I would get at just as, as kind of a positive at the end is just like, you know, like Corey always says this, he has, he has a shirt that you guys should get uh, that says this, but you should do things that robots can't. And one of the things that robots would have difficulty is, is doing the due diligence, doing the research, bypassing the system and contacting the people and making that personal connection, Yeah, absolutely. Um, which those people want too. So uh, it, it's, it's never a bad thing to like, try to kind of like, we're stuck in these automated systems. We have to use them, but there are ways around them that can be effective. If you're, if you're kind of doing that double hit, you know, you do the automated to please the finance people yeah, and you do the personal to please the, the people who are looking for creatives, but it is hilarious if people want creativity and uh automation and and the two just i don't know the second they figure that out we're all screwed <laughs> that's what <when laughs> well, robots mean, take over that's that's what a lot of smart people call the you know this this generation's event horizon is when the exactly when the robots can begin to create but yeah i mean that's that's um and I, I'll, I'll give you a short example because i know you're trying to wrap things up but a short example is we're in the middle of hiring and i can't get into details because we're in the middle of it but um, at one point in time, the system screwed something up, and someone just emailed one of the one of the faculty members to just check on how things were going. And they're saying, "Hey, I just wanted to check on how things were going." And that guy was like, "I've never heard of this person, but they seem awesome." 
And so then that faculty member went to HR and was like, hey, where's this person's application? And then basically just because this person reached out just to check up and just say hi and see how things were, it was a nice little email. It was just like, hey, uh, we actually found where the system had put them and then they were able to get an interview and we were able to talk to them and do whatever. And it was because of just a simple thing. And one thing that I've noticed with the upcoming generation, and by upcoming I mean those that are graduating now, is they are absolutely terrified of phone calls. Like it's yeah. like I've I've seen students break up with people because they called them on the phone rather than texting them because they didn't feel like they were at that level of commitment yet to speak to each other on the phone, but you just do it via text and that's fine because that's less commitment. You know, I don't have to like engage with you right then. Anyway, so like, but sometimes, you know, just like, just call somebody, you know, or just send an email and just say, you know, hey, just checking up on this, how you doing or whatever, you know, see, did you get my application, that type of thing. Because like, if you don't make it through the system and then somebody inside is like, hey, this person didn't make it through the system or whatever, but I like them. Sometimes that's all you need to like get through the system. Yeah, and and like like I, I was I was saying this to Scott earlier, but uh, you know it's like I was telling him like you know if you think about the amount of people who work for the big two, how many of those people got through it the right way by standing in a line at a convention and getting their portfolio reviewed? Right. And I, I guarantee you, like the longer that industry exists, the shorter that line of people who actually get through is going to be because like the majority of the big shots in comics right now started with indies because it's this side door and they figured it out. And, you know, if there's a side door, take the side door, like don't stand in the, like, don't do the whole thing. That psychological thing where, you know, you're at Walmart and you look at the longest line and you're like, that's where I need to go to get my checkout. Just that's where the most people are. Look for the short line because the short line is the way to go because people are all psychologically going to the long line. And will, the long line doesn't get you out, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I will also say this as a word of warning. Given the fact that many of the people that I know and love that are creatives also tend to not not tend to, but there are, there are people that don't read social cues as well as others. And maybe that's why we draw really well is because we lock ourselves in our rooms and don't talk to people. I will say this. There is a line that you shouldn't cross. And I'll just tell like a quick story. Like we were hiring a bunch of people years ago. It was probably like eight or nine years ago. And, uh, and one guy brought cookies, homemade cookies, just dropped them by the office. And I was like, no, I, that immediately was so creepy to me. Because I didn't know him. Like, he could have been poisoning us. For You know, I, like, I had yeah. no idea. I'm not going to ingest something that you've made from home and delivered on a paper plate. And no. also, at no point in time is that going to, like, make it so that I want to hire you as somebody who does graphic design. So there's, like, think about the thing on the flip side. Uh, Tim Schaefer who is the principal owner of Double Fine Adventures in, in San Francisco. The way he got a job initially at LucasArts uh, to write video games for them was he interviewed with them, and then he went home and he wrote and drew a comic. And the next day, um, he delivered this small little comic book about his experience um, interviewing, and it had all of the people that he met, and he did, like, little quirky things that they said and did, and what, and it was like... It was just like 
the most incredible thing that anybody had ever done to get a job, and they just hired him right on the spot. Wow. So baked goods, creepy, uh, you know, like cool insights showcasing the skill kit, the skills that you hope to use at that company, are awesome. So, you know, yeah, 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 and and I think that that highlights too, like one of one of the earlier points that we were talking about, which is kind of empathizing, like empathize with the people you're applying to. If it seems like something that like like for instance if a stranger brought you weird bright baked goods and that that wouldn't be something you'd be into why would they you know right um or if it would be if it would be something that you're into but other people that you know and trust get creeped out by that maybe your radar isn't that good but trust them yeah exactly Uh, yeah that's actually a good point like if in doubt ask friends yeah. that aren't exactly like you right all right so um i i think that pretty much wraps up the topic Corey, I, you were so much more succinct than i was on this um <laughs> but but that's a good point and and i think that's a lot of food for thought uh if you guys want to check out uh the music from the intro you can go to facebook.com backslash no saboteurs you can find my work at quarterlystories.com or uh going to tapas.io and searching for quarterly stories. It's adding subscribers. I'm getting so close to earning that penny for my comics. Um, if you want to check out uh, Scott Strickland's stuff, go to cirqueworks.com. And if you want to go check out Corey's stuff, go to Corey Kerr. Art. Wait, ah, Corey Kerr Art? No, just Corey no, Kerr.com. just Corey Kerr.com. Corey Kerr Art on uh, YouTube. Um, and you should also go to Corey Kerr's site and get that do things that robots can't and you should also um go to scott circlin's uh site and sign up for his mailing list because it's ridiculous he's giving away free stuff and a lot of free assets that are really cool for comic book creators and uh it it, it's you know i don't know how long he's gonna do this i think he's lost his mind so uh so go take advantage of him losing his mind and giving away these awesome assets for free because they're cool and we'll see you guys in 48 hours.